Welcome to Common Sense Coalition Talk Radio, where you'll find straight talk from people with good old common sense. I trust your opinion. And now, for your host, he's putting sense back into nonsense. Absolute insanity. Well, you can hear me on the Your host, Beth Ann. And I welcome you today to CSE Talk Radio. It is my honor, my privilege, and my pleasure to be here with you today. We're going to get straight to it. I've got a lot to share with you as we finish up our two-part series of The American System for Prosperity. And it's an essay by Curtis Ellis, the late Curtis Ellis. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. For such a time as this, most gracious Heavenly Father, we praise you. We praise you for the God that you are, the awesome God, creator of all life and Savior. Father, we thank you for that love and that grace and your mercy and for always waiting for us to forgive us if we would just repent. Father, I ask you protection over your children. Your children are under persecution and Political tyrants are godless and vicious. They seek to destroy what you have made and those who love you. The J6 prisoners and others are now being sought. President Trump and those who are close to him, I pray for your protection over each and every one. Comfort them, Father, in their time of, of need, those who are incarcerated and being abused. Father, I pray that you will prosper this nation. You have blessed us as a people and as a nation. May we now be good stewards of your blessings, that you might be glorified. Not us, Father, but you. We beg your deliverance, for we know our liberty comes from you. And I pray that our enemies will not have one more victory. I know you hear our prayers, Abba Father, and we thank you now for answering them. Father, I also pray for the comfort and for the things that have happened in Tennessee with the shooting. So sad, so heartbreaking. I pray for those families, for that community, for that school. Father, they are your children. Wrap your arms around them. Let them weep in your arms. Father, I know that you hear our prayers and you answer them and that you are calling for us. You have blessed us greatly. May we now, as your people and as a nation, bless and glorify you. For such a time as this, I pray in Jesus' name, Amen. And to that, I'm gonna I'm gonna add, rise up, O men of God. America has been going the wrong direction for many years. We are now, instead of depend, independent, we are energy dependent. With immigration, the illegal immigration, has been an issue since before President Ronald Reagan. Crime is rising as good jobs are disappearing. We have empty factories and homeless on the streets. 
Faith is becoming less important to Americans and family structure is deteriorating. Americans are confused. They don't know who they are. America needs to return to God. And Americans, America needs men and women to lead using common sense and wisdom from God and Father. And yes, we need this whole entire nation to turn back. We need people who actually love this nation to lead. Today we see what we, that today we all say we are weak, that we have weak leadership, weak leadership, can't talk. And I do believe that they are weak men and women. But I also believe the pain that they are causing is purposeful. They are breaking the law by not acting and keeping Americans safe, by destroying our economy, our national security. By allowing an invasion. They have no pride and they absolutely have no loyalty to America or to Americans. But you and I do. We love this nation. And we want the best for our neighbors, our communities, our schools, and our children and our nation. We want to be able to have jobs and pay enough, that pay enough to raise our families comfortably. We're not asking to all be millionaires. Let's get back to the study on the importance of tariffs in this nation, the actual American system for prosperity. What does it mean? How, how this can, how tariffs can right the wrongs of the past. If we can put a president in place and a supportive, loyal Congress, and yes, even the governors around the states, they all matter. But tariffs and trade are the duty, I do that in air quotes, of our federal government. I'm sharing an essay from Curtis Ellis' book. He's passed away now. But the book is Pandemonium, China's Global Strategy to Cripple America. It's a Post Hill Press, and it's 158 pages, and it's (laughs) $18.99. I'll begin where I left off yesterday with the words of President McKinley from 1889. They say everything would be so cheap if we only had free trade. Well, everything would be cheap and everybody would be cheap. I do not prize the word cheap. It is the badge of poverty. When things were the cheapest, men were the poorest. Cheap? Why, cheap merchandise means cheap men, and cheap men mean cheap a cheap country, and that is not the kind of government our fathers founded. We want labor to be well paid. We want the products of the farm. We want everything we make and produce to pay a fair compensation to the producer. That is what makes good times. A fair compensation to the producer. Take care of the producer, and the rest will take care of itself. Now, before I go on, and I must hurry because we've got a lot to share, that is the opposite of what we hear from the politicians today. They hate the producers. They claim they need to protect the consumers. Let's move on. The man who succeeded McKinley in the White House was Teddy Roosevelt, And he declared, thank God I am not a free trader. He understood how tariffs 
will equalize the cost of production here and abroad. That is, will equalize the cost of labor here and abroad. When Washington, D.C. pursued the American system from the 1860s to the first decade of the 20th century, America's gross national product quadrupled. The United States coal production rose by 800%. Steel steel rails by 523%. Railroad track mileage by 567% and wheat production by 256%. I looked it up and I'm just going to put it in here. It was in 1992 that H.W. Herbert Walker Bush implemented NAFTA, the National Agreement for Free Trade. Clinton input CAFTA. And George W. Bush implemented GATT. All were free trade. All destroyed America's economy, our jobs. And now we have cheap junk. And we have cheap labor. And America's economy is going down. We'll continue with this article, this essay, when we return. You're listening to CSE Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann, and we'll be right back. Daniel Turner, founder and executive director of Power the Future, agrees that America is blessed with an abundance of reliable energy sources. Our natural resources are the lifeblood of our nation and have made our nation prosperous. Rural America is the heart of production in this nation. Our food, manufacturing, trucking, and yes, our energy. Power the Future promotes jobs in rural America, specifically our energy jobs. These jobs are all under attack. Wealthy radicals like Tom Stiers and George Soros promise to break the nation's energy independence. Their beloved Green New Deal attacks all that is good in this nation. Our food, our land, our jobs, our families, and of course, our gassy cows. Power the Future is fighting for you, rural America. Join them. Visit PowerTheFuture.com. See the latest news and donate to those who are fighting for you. PowerTheFuture.com. Power the Future is fighting to keep America's lights on. You can look for the silver lining or you can strengthen your portfolio with gold and silver. Optimism is planning for your own financial future. Melody Cedarstrom of Discount Gold and Silver Trading has been watching our economy and the banksters for well over 20 years. The U.S. has an unsustainable debt. While the timing of a collapse cannot be predicted, we know the proverbial straw that breaks the camel's back weighs heavier and heavier with each new stimulus and omnibus bill. Because of our debt and the lack of solid backing, those fiat 
dollars in your pocket continue to deflate in value. However, gold stays true. True wealth. Give Melody Cedarstrom a call at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Discount gold and silver trading for all your precious metal needs. And join Melody weekday afternoons at 4 p.m. Eastern Time on Financial Survival Radio. Visit DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com. Now is the time for all good men and women to come to the aid of their country. Pledge to buy American. In these inflationary times, our Made in the USA companies need your support. American consumers do make the difference. When you buy American, the money you spend stays in America. Liberty Tabletop is a great company and the only flatware made in the USA. Why would you buy your tableware from China? Just say no and say yes to Made in the USA. Visit their website where they are actually partnered with other Made in the USA companies. LibertyTabletop.com. Better, safer, beautiful variety and great art. More than just forks and spoons, they provide liberty. LibertyTabletop.com or call 844-386-2338. 844-386-2338. Now is the time for all good men and women to come to the aid of their country. LibertyTabletop.com. 844-386-2338. 844-386-2338. Buy American and bring America home. We have returned. You're listening to CSE Talk Radio. We're talking about the American system for prosperity. <laughs> what happened to it? Well, Congress took it away from us and some presidents. Let's uh, continue with this. It says, we surpassed Britain as the world's major industrial power, with output rising four times from half of Britain's to more than double. Following the path set by Washington, Hamilton, Clay, and Lincoln, America grew from an agrarian outpost to the greatest industrial power in world history in a century. It was not a coincidence. We had the highest tariffs rates in history at the same time we saw the greatest economic expansion in history. Meanwhile, Europe and the Third World stagnated under free trade. So stop and pause there for just a minute. Why would we then decide we want to do what they're doing when we were the ones that were successful doing what we were doing? Why? Let's continue. He says, a people who cannot supply their own demand are not independent. The goal of the patriots who built this country was political and economic independence. William Pig Iron Kelly a congressman from Philadelphia and chairman of the powerful tax writing committee, believed iron and steel were the muscles of modern civilization. He understood economic and political independence are connected. Economic and political independence are connected. A people who cannot supply their own demand for iron and steel but purchase it from foreigners beyond seas are not independent. They are politically dependent. These patriots likened their cause to war, economic war, defending America against enemies with missiles launched from their far-distant mines, mills, and factories, an attack that has broken up industries as effectually as if the conquest had been affected by warlike weapons, Kelly declared. 
the American system aims at delivering a higher standard of living for Americans, higher wages for workers, fair compensation for producers, rather than lower prices for consumers, because the consumer is the producer and must first be a producer. Americans would find gainful employment producing the goods they consumed. It was a virtuous cycle with consuming, buying, recycling wealth into the pockets of the consumers who were, importantly, producers of the goods as well. Americans made what they bought and bought what they made. They made what they bought and they bought what they made. Do you understand that? The money they got stayed in America. They paid themselves with their own money. Can you understand that? That's not what's going on today. But toward the middle of the last century, under both Democratic and Republican administrations, the United States government increasingly abandoned the American system, the economic policies that built us into the greatest industrial power on earth. The pursuit of global free trade brought about the collapse of American industries and wages as the United States imported more and more of the goods we had once produced ourselves. The loss of revenue from bankrupted industries and Americans either unemployed or forced into lower-paying service jobs created yawning budget deficits at the uh, municipal, state, and federal levels. The good news is we can revive the virtuous cycle that resulted in the broad-based prosperity the world envied. We can make what we buy. Repeat that over and over. We can make what we buy. We don't have to be dependent on others. We have the resources and the talent to fabricate the comforts of life ourselves. And we have the will. We must once again declare our independence. 247 years ago, Great Britain was waging an economic war against us. Today... It is communist China. The course of independence, national self-sufficiency would be good for us and good for the entire world. Henry Carey wrote two centuries ago, the raise, To raise the value of labor throughout the world, we need only to raise the value of our own. To diffuse intelligence and to promote the cause of morality throughout the world, we are required only to pursue the course that shall diffuse education throughout our own land and shall enable every man more readily to acquire poverty, property. Do you hear that? To acquire property and with it respect for the rights of property. Setting the record straight, he says, on Adam Smith. Now, when I'm reading this, I didn't know about Adam Smith. I've told you I'm pretty dumb about some things. So this... This book, I mean, I didn't, I don't have his book yet. I think I'm going to order it. But this essay from his book was just eye-opening for me. I mean, I knew these things, but they weren't laid out as well. You understand that? So let's go on. He's talking about Adam Smith. The ideology of global free trade has stripped our land of industry, destroyed the middle class, and weakened our nation. 
Its defenders claim globalism is the free market at work. As American as apple pie, they are wrong. The ideology of global free trade is not American, nor is it the free market system. This is my words inserted. I think, I say, they knew and still know that these policies would wreck and are wrecking our economy here in America. Let's get back to the essay. In 1776, Adam Smith published The Wealth of Nations, his foundational economic treatise on the principles of the free market system. Contrary to what so many today mistakenly believe and claim, Smith did not argue for a world without nations or a world where corporate interests came before national interests. Smith wrote about increasing the wealth of nations, not the wealth of transnational or national corporations or the wealth of the global economy. Smith was an economic nationalist. He was a Britain first man. He put national interests first. He supported laws that required trade with Britain be done exclusively on British ships. He believed nations should improve, I'm sorry, import what couldn't be produced at home and export the surplus that wasn't consumed at home. Today, those who oppose tariffs on imports from China often invoke Adam Smith to justify their position, he says. They really should know better. Adam Smith would approve of the tariffs. How do we know this? He said so. Let's go to his words. Adam Smith's Guide to Tariffs. In The Wealth of Nations, Adam Smith describes his circumstances when a nation should improve, I'm sorry, impose tariffs and restrict imports. When, as he wrote, it would be advantageous to lay some burden upon foreign imports for the encouragement of domestic industry. That's what tariffs are about. Notice he explicitly says he wants to encourage domestic industry. He makes a distinction between his nation's industry and those of another nation. He is not writing about a global economy without distinction among nations. First, Smith said tariffs are justified to protect industries necessary for the defense the defense of the country that we would put on tariffs or any country put on tariffs. They are doing it for the defense of their own country. The defense of Great Britain, for example, depends very much upon the number of its sailors and shipping. The act of navigation, therefore, very properly endeavors to give the sailors and shipping of Great Britain the monopoly on the trade of their own country. In some cases by absolute prohibitions and in others by heavy burdens upon the shipping of the foreign countries. In other words, <laughs> if you want to buy theirs, if you want to bring something in there, you're going to pay to bring it in there. That's what a tariff is. They're going to charge you more to bring it in there. Are they willing to pay that tariff? And when it's more expensive to buy it from the foreigners, then maybe it's better to make it at home. These are just my words as I'm trying to go through this 
great essay. If you want a piece of this essay or you want the copy of this, send a self-addressed stamped envelope to CSE Talk Radio, Post Office Box 7365018. You're listening to CSE Talk Radio. We'll be right back. have returned. You're listening to CSE Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann. Now, we're doing a study, and this is the second part of two parts. The American System for Prosperity. Let's continue. Smith, he's explaining Adam Smith, who wrote a guide to tariffs. He said, Smith believed the defense of Great Britain, he was a Brit, justified a monopoly of shipping and trade. Therefore, he supported the act of navigation and trade which kept foreign ships out of British ports. This would become a flashpoint with the North American colonies that led to the establishment of a new American nation. America, until recently, depended on Russia to launch our spy satellites, and China still produces electronics for our jet fighters. Foreign, excuse me, foreign competitors... Elect foreign competitors enjoying subsidies from their governments and duty-free access to our market have, det- have decimated our own space launch and electronics industries. Adam Smith would not approve of our national government standing idly by and allowing this to happen. Now, Rudy was over there shaking his head because he says America, until recently, depended on Russia to launch our spy satellites. And China still produces the electronics for all our jet fighters. Well, we know they are the ones that are doing the, the phones and everything else now. Anyway, let's move on. Another case, Smith wrote, in which it will generally be advantageous to lay some burden upon foreign imports for the encouragement of domestic industry is when some tax is imposed on the domestic industry. Uh, on the domestic industry. In this case, it seems reasonable that an equal tax or tariff should be imposed on the foreign imports. Minimum wage laws, environmental and workplace safety regulations, and Social Security and Medicare costs are examples of taxes imposed on American industry. Now, we don't think of those as taxes, but that's exactly what they are. Their costs are reflected in the price of goods produced in the United States. According to Smith's doctrine, an equal tax should be imposed upon imports to level the playing field for American producers. Another of those occasions for which Smith advocates tariffs is when some foreign nation may restrain by high duties or prohibitions the importation of some of our manufacturers into their country. Revenge in this case naturally dictates retaliation and that we should impose the like duties and prohibitions upon the importation of some or all of their manufacturers into ours. 
It's an economic war, folks. And we're losing. He goes on, Christopher Ellis. I'm, I'm sorry, Curtis Ellis. For decades, China has slapped stiff tariffs on American imports to keep them out while we let their goods pass through our ports practically duty-free. In situations like this, Adam Smith advises it's wise to impose similarly higher tariffs because retaliations of this kind will procure the repeal of the high duties placed on our own exports. To do less would amount to unilateral disarmament in the economic war China is waging against America. I think we fail as, as a body of Americans to understand this is a war. It's not just about the dollars you have in your pocket. This is a war against the United States economy as a whole. <laughs> the fewer dollars you have in your pocket are because of this war. Go on. Finally, Smith understood that the purpose of trade is to increase the wealth of the nation and benefit its people. Any theory of trade is worthwhile only so far as it advances the well-being of real people living in the real world. The economy must serve man, not the other way around. In this spirit, he wrote, Humanity may require import tariffs to be reduced gradually and with a good deal of reserve and circumspection. Were, were those high duties and prohibitions taken away all at once, cheaper foreign goods of the same kind might be poured so fast into the home market as to deprive all at once many thousands of our people of their ordinary employment and means of substance. Subsistence, excuse me. Are you getting the picture of what we're actually living? What he wrote three centuries ago, we're seeing today. A flood of cheaper foreign imports of the clothing we wear, the TVs we watch, the cars we drive, the machines we work on, and the toys our children play with, poured so fast into our land that Americans who once produced goods of the same kind with their own hands have been deprived of their employment and means of substance. Indeed, this flood was swept, has swept many Americans into a valley of death, deprivation, and poverty. Adam Smith would not approve of the open borders at whatever cost. The course of our nation has been done. This is how we've gone. In fact, he would regard the free trade absolutists of today as delusional. To expect that freedom of trade should ever be entirely restored in, a, in Great Britain is, an absurd, is as absurd as to expect that an Oceania or a Utopia should never be established in it. Smith Give money and jobs to the greatest number of your country's people. We're being told by our congressional people that we need all these illegal. We need five million, six million illegal aliens for the jobs. What jobs? Let's move on. That was me inserting my little rage. 
Today's evangelists of globalism and free trade also rely on selective reading, actually a misreading of another classic economic text to justify the outsourcing of our industries to places like communist China. They point to David Ricardo's treatise from 1817 in which he laid out the theory of comparative advantage in international trade on the principles of political, economic, and taxation. Ricardo calls for an international division of labor with countries specializing in those particular goods they are best at making and trading with other countries for the other goods rather than making everything at home. He uses the example of Portugal trading Madeira wine for British exiles. But today's free trade Uber Ali's lobby ignores the important premise underlying Ricardo's theory. He assumes capital will not cross national borders. It will stay in its country of origin. That, of course, is not what's happening today. Global corporations and financiers move assets and capital around the globe in a nanosecond with a keystroke. Just like that. In his famous treatise, treatise, Ricardo explains the crucial caveat to his theory. I think we're going to have to start that caveat when we come back from this break. You're listening to CSC Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann. We are discussing the American system for prosperity. Folks, tariffs. We need tariffs. And we need American industry to flourish once again. Put our people to work. That's what we need. It's about the people. You understand that? A strong economy is a strong nation. A weak economy is national security gone bad. You're listening to CSC Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann. We'll be right back. Have you heard about vine-to-bar chocolate? It's the winemaker's chocolate, the world's first chocolate made with well-vined Chardonnay Mark from the beautiful coastal vineyards of North America. Gently pressed grapes are harvested after juicing, dried, and finely milled and carefully blended into the finest dark chocolate. The Chardonnay Mark contains highly beneficial grape nutrients, flavanols, and has a natural sweetness that flavors the luscious dark chocolate. Mouthwatering, flavorful, delectable dark chocolate goodness with Chardonnay sweetness and beneficial nutrients. And it's alcohol-free, too. It's vine-to-bar chocolate. Order some today at vinetobar.com. That's V-I-N-E-T-O-B-A-R.com. Cold ship to your door, it's Vine to Bar. Vine to Bar chocolate. Visit us at vinetobar.com. 
You can look for the silver lining or you can strengthen your portfolio with gold and silver. Optimism is planning for your own financial future. Melody Cedarstrom of Discount Gold and Silver Trading has been watching our economy and the banksters for well over 20 years. The U.S. has an unsustainable debt. While the timing of a collapse cannot be predicted, we know the proverbial straw that breaks the camel's back weighs heavier and heavier with each new stimulus and omnibus bill. Because of our debt and the lack of solid backing, those fiat dollars in your pocket continue to deflate in value. However, gold stays true, true wealth. Give Melody Cedarstrom a call at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Discount gold and silver trading for all your precious metal needs. And join Melody weekday afternoons at 4 p.m. Eastern Time on Financial Survival Radio. Visit DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com. Have you ever met a single person in your life that enjoys paying taxes? No, no one does. If you can't sleep at night because you have a huge problem with the IRS, I've got some free advice for you. This service is strictly limited to individuals that owe the IRS $10,000 or more in back taxes. And if you qualify, we can guarantee that you won't be writing a big fat check to the IRS or our services cost you nothing. The first 100 people that call today will get a free tax consultation worth $500. Stop worrying about your IRS problem. We can help you. We promise. Call the tax doctor right now. I mean right now to learn more. 800-668-2493-800-668-2493-800-668-2493. That's 800-668-2493. Elmer Heinrich here to talk about minerals. Most people are aware our topsoil is depleted and our foods, especially fruits and vegetables, lack many minerals compared to years ago. Maybe that's the reason the world is sick. Now, according to Dr. Linus Pauling, our bodies need 60 minerals every day, but on average we get less than 12 minerals from the foods we eat. Immuno 150, an incredible nutritional supplement that can fill the gap because it contains 70 colloidal plant minerals and 80 additional nutrients, 150 in all. A month's supply of Immuno 150 is available for $54.95 by calling 888-310-5252 or on the website immuno150.com. That's I-M-M-U-N-O-150.com. The 70 minerals are the key to good health and longevity, so call 888-310-5252. You'll be glad you did. And we have returned to listening to CSE Talk Radio. I was just telling Rudy, I don't know if anybody else is enjoying this, but I've read this about, this is about my third or fourth time to read through this. And it, I find it, I said inspirational, but I think I find it foundational because it is the foundation of our system. And we've, we've detoured from it. We've done the opposite. And what has happened? The opposite of what was happening when we were instituting it. We've gone from prosperity to poverty in America. From abundance of jobs to very few jobs. So let's continue this. He says, The fancied or real insecurity of capital, when not under the immediate control of its owner, together with the natural disinclination which every man has to quit the country of his birth and connect and connections 
and entrust himself with all his habits fixed to a strange government and new laws. Check the immigration of capital. In plain English, which I was glad he did because I had trouble understanding that, he's saying no one will sink their capital into a foreign country ruled by a strange government and new laws. For the same reason, they won't leave family, friends, and their native country behind to live in a foreign country. They're not comfortable entrusting their lives and fortunes to strangers. On this point, he, Ricardo, and Adam Smith agreed. Smith said a businessman will employ his capital as near home as he can, so he can keep an eye on it. He can know better the character and situation of the persons whom he trusts, and if he should happen to be deceived, he knows better the laws of the country from which he must seek a redress. Thus, and this is another quote, every individual naturally inclines to employ his capital in the manner in which it is likely to afford the greatest support to domestic industry and to give revenue and employment to the greatest number of people on his own country. Smith thought this inclination, this inclination to invest in one's own country was a positive thing, not a shortcoming. He cited it as an example of how an invisible hand works to promote a broader good. By preferring the support of domestic to that of foreign industry, he intends only his own security. He is in this, as in many other cases, led by an invisible hand to promote an end which has was no part of his intention. By pursuing his own interest, he frequently promotes that of the society. Ricardo also recognized men of poverty would be satisfied with a low rate of profits in their own country rather than seek higher profits in foreign nations. And he, too, didn't see this as a negative. The symptom of weak sentimentality or lack of steely nerves, to the contrary, Ricardo said he'd be sorry to see weakened the natural affinity to one's country. That's quite different from today's business leaders who forget America and couldn't care less about their fellow Americans. These executives see themselves as too sophisticated for nostalgic nationalism. You get that? Have we not heard that lately? And dream of a fully integrated, an integrated global economy efficiently combining the resources of country X with the labor of country Y to serve the markets in country Z, free of restrictions imposed by individual national governments, as Wall Street bankers and former State Department officials George Ball told Congress back in 1967. This ideology of globalism has nothing in common with the economic nationalism of Adam Smith, nor does the regime in Beijing adhere to the principles of a free market system. David Ricardo and Adam Smith counseled capitalists to avoid investing in a strange government lest they happen to be deceived. Today's captains of industry and finance ignored the advice 
and gambled their capital, their enterprises, and the future of our nation on a totalitarian regime, and deceived they were. They thought the World Trade Organization would save them, but they were wrong. The CCP lies, cheats, steals, and violates every promise it makes, including those it makes to the WTO. Instead of following fanciful theories of free trade, we'd do better to stick to the system of free markets and economic nationalism taught by Adam Smith, the American system of American prosperity. That's the end of the essay. But let me add, the greatness of America lies not in being more enlightened than any other nation, but rather in her ability to repair her faults. Alexis de Tocqueville. There are great men, and there are greedy men. I feel America is suffering because of the greedy men and women who choose not to serve but to seize. They can be shysters who talk a talk, but they cannot walk the walk, or they will not walk the walk. No responsibility, but lots of blaming. They lie to us at every turn. I believe our politicians know the truth and the consequences they have enacted on this nation with their open borders and their free trade agendas. Slavery is not a problem with them. Or they wouldn't be ignoring what's happening now in America today as we are number one in human trafficking. But as I stated, there are great men and greedy men. We, unfortunately, in America are being led today by greed, by the greedy men. I share this information regarding trade because I think it is vitally, vitally important. I realized in 2016 or 2015, trade and immigration is exactly why they hated Donald J. Trump and still hate him today. The statement, MAGA, to make America great again is about doing exactly that. Going back to the American system for prosperity. The globalists don't want that. They can't have that. It's important that you and I recognize the difference and the importance of trade and tariffs. Free trade is bad. Tariffs are national security, economic security. And only when we make America great again, only then will we bring America home again. You're listening to CSC Talk Radio. I hope you enjoyed this two-part series. I will gladly send you free of charge. Just send a self-addressed stamped envelope for this essay. And I encourage you to buy the book by Curacellus. Let's bring America home.